Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. It's Wednesday, September the 16th. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Plenty to update you on today, including traffic chaos heading to the port, the aftermath of a fire, and just what drugs gangs have been doing to try and evade detection during lockdown. So first then, that disruption on the roads heading to the port of Dover and Eurotunnel Terminal in Folkestone. Kent Police have confirmed they were checking every passenger and vehicle trying to cross the channel as part of a counter terror operation that led to a huge backlog as boarding ferries and trains took a lot longer than normal. Because of the build-up of freight heading to Europe, Operation Stack was put in place on the M20. Now that's when the coastbound stretch of the motorway is used to queue lorries between Ashford and Maidstone and other traffic is diverted via smaller roads. That subsequently led to delays on the A20 and A249. Well, some people have suggested today is a sign of what's to come when the Brexit transition period ends in January. To try and cope with that, a contraflow system is going to be installed on the M20. It just wasn't ready in time for today. Well, let's hear now from Alison Palmer from the Federation of Small Businesses. She's been speaking to Katya. The delays today in and around Dover will be really disappointing for so many small businesses. This kind of congestion doesn't just stop supplies getting to and from um, Europe and the UK, but it has a direct impact on those small businesses in the town itself. So customers won't be able to get in and out of the town. Um, Staff won't be able to get to and from work. It's that kind of basic moving around the area. And just at a time when small businesses are emerging from the lockdown, they're dealing with the impact of the coronavirus, they're absolutely doing their best to make sure they've got a safe environment. Uh, and now we come across this as well. It's it's going to be very disappointing for a lot of firms and it's another challenge they've got to overcome. Definitely. Um, and do you worry that this will become, um, come January, uh, this will become a bit of a regular way of life and it's really, you know, during a time when people may want that fresh start, you know, a new year, this will just kind of be another thing added on that will really affect them. We'll certainly do all we can to avoid this kind of headache. It's the last thing that any small business needs is this kind of delay. It absolutely impacts the whole of the Dover environment and the small businesses around Kent. But equally, we know of members in Scotland where they've got live shellfish that they need to move abroad. And if they can't get it through um, the, the, the exit at Dover, then that's going to absolutely impact their business as well. So the ripple effects are vast. Um, We'll absolutely do our our best to represent those small businesses at government and to help find some kind of a solution through all of this. It's been a really tricky year for so many businesses. They've adapted, they've been resilient and they've shown that they can survive through the lockdown of this pandemic. So we've got to make sure that it's going to be okay to trade as best as we can and to make sure that that infrastructure can flow freely where it can. Elsewhere today, firefighters have been spending another day at the scene of a huge blaze in Ashford, which left a man in hospital with burns and smoke inhalation. Emergency crews were called to the Cobswood Industrial Estate yesterday afternoon. A warehouse and car have been destroyed, while nearby buildings and vehicles damaged and investigations underway. These people watched the flames take hold. Four o'clock, quarter past four, and a whole sky was black. It was all over the town. People thought it was going to rain. And I've just seen it. Oh, it's going to rain. I said, no, it's smoke. The original reports was of a uh, scrap tyre that had caught a light. Um, from what we can gather at the moment, it's now caught onto another building. 
Um, but I think that that's sort of as as far as we know. And I mean, we we've got photos and videos ourselves. Um, we went round by Victoria Park, um, took a few bits from there. Um, but I mean, we haven't actually been that close to it apart from sort of this distance. So, but. <laughs> So what was it like when you first came down here? Describe what you saw. Pretty much as, as it is now. I mean, the, the, the billowing, billowing smoke coming out, all the sirens coming, um, constant popping of like sort of tyres and gas canisters, things like that. Um, but yeah, pretty much as, as it is now, I think. So it's not, not really changed in, what? A couple of hours, couple of hours oh, really? maybe two and a half, three hours now. Kent Online News. Ambitious plans have been put forward which could make it possible to get a direct train from Kent to Gatwick. Council bosses want the government to extend the Red Hill line from the airport to Tunbridge, Ashford and Canterbury. A public consultation on the idea is due to get underway next week. A school in Ashford is insisting all of its secondary pupils wear face masks after a staff member tested positive for COVID-19. The John Wallace Church of England Academy is bringing in the measure instead of sending students home after consulting with Public Health England. A campaign's underway to try and save two Thanet theatres from closing for good. Margate Winter Gardens and the Theatre Royal have been shut since the beginning of lockdown. A crowdfunder has been launched as part of efforts to raise £150,000 in the next two months. Meantime, a music venue in Tunbridge Wells is going to stay closed for the rest of the year. The Forum have announced their rescheduling shows for 2021 and have launched a new clothing range to help them survive the coronavirus crisis. Kent Online's been told how County Line's drug dealers have been posing as delivery drivers during lockdown. Detectives say criminals transported Class A substances to the county in cars and motorbikes and a bit to try and avoid being caught. Since July, police have managed to break down 15 county lines operations. Detective Superintendent Mike Worrell is from Kent Police. Kent Police has a dedicated team of investigators that have sole responsibility for the investigation of county line criminality. Kent Police takes this crime very seriously and we work in collaboration with our colleagues both in the Metropolitan Police Service as well as our colleagues in the British Transport Police in order to ensure intelligence on those county lines that impact upon Kent. As I said, we've got dedicated resources. Uh, over the weekend, by way of an example, we removed three significant county lines that were operating across Kent. And since the 1st of April, Kent Police have made 164 arrests. We've secured prison sentences in excess of 100 years. We've got many people on remand who we've charged with drug supply offences and they're awaiting trial. And we've removed 52 significant weapons from our streets. My officers are committed to ensuring that Kent remains a safe place for people to live, work and visit. County lines drug dealing, they, they often, they often um, focus their efforts on children, don't they? How, how important is it that the, that the children in these uh, in instances get, get protected? OK, a lot of county lines uh, do... Uh, exploit vulnerable children and Kent Police is committed to ensuring that wherever we can we will always safeguard um, young children who are at risk of exploitation and vulnerability. We are committed to ensuring that those who exploit 
um, young children in particular are brought to justice. Obviously you mentioned the, the 52 weapons, just how important, that's a serious number that isn't it, the 52 weapons that were seized um, d during the investigations, just how important is it that that, that, that continues and, and all weapons are taken off the streets? It's really important uh, as far as Kent Police are concerned, we've got a significant operation which targets the removal of and reduction of knife crime and we are committed to reducing um, incidents of serious violence. A Buckinghamshire man who convinced two Maidstone pensioners their roof tiles were stolen and needed replacing has been jailed for more than two years. 31-year-old Paddy Doran tricked them into handing over more than £700 but never did the work on their home in Church Road. An operation's underway to recover the wreckage of a plane that vanished in the Second World War with a Kent man on board. Sergeant Leonard Richard James Shrubsall from I Wade near Sittingbourne was one of seven crew members of the short Stirling bomb when it was lost returning from a raid on Germany. It was finally discovered last year in the Netherlands. Now, figures seen by Kent Online show 140 pubs have closed in Kent in 10 years. According to the Office for National Statistics, there were 1,290 venues across the county in 2010. That had dropped to 1,150 by the end of last year. Tunbridge and Morling has seen the biggest hit and campaigners say pubs need more support than ever. The man in charge of the conservation charity that runs two animal parks in Kent has criticised zoos in Europe for not rewilding one of Africa's most ferocious creatures. There are only 11 honey badgers in captivity in Europe and Damien Aspinall says on his Insta that's not helping with conservation. There's only 11 African honey badgers in all collections and all zoos in Europe. So what's the point of keeping them in captivity? There is zero conservation value at all. So I approached the other collections and I said, let's rewild these animals because there's no point keeping them in zoos. There's no conservation value. Every single one of them said no. They wanted to keep them in their zoos. You know what we've done? You know what we're doing? We found somebody somewhere to rewild our badger and we're going to send them back to Africa where they belong. How crazy is it that zoos would rather keep them in substandard accommodation than have a chance of rewilding? Tembi, who lives at Howlett's near Canterbury, is due to be sent back to Africa. And a Banksy artwork is going back on display in Folkestone later this week. The art buff piece originally appeared in the town in 2014, but has spent the past six years in storage after it was graffitied on and then failed to sell at auction. Creative Folkestone are installing it on the high street on Friday. Finally today, football and Gillingham have beaten Coventry City on penalties to make it through to the third round of the Carabao Cup. They were 1-0 down at Priestfield until Jordan Graham scored a late equaliser. The Jills then won 5-4 from spot kicks. Boss Steve Evans spoke to our reporter Luke Cordell after the game. I think it happens time after time in cup ties, and it? You have to find a way to win a game and we had to stay in the game. You know, Coventry would start to break, missed a couple of chances when a young back four still coming to grips with things. I think the game settled down a bit. They still looked better in possession than us. Um, came a bit scrappy in the second half, but they got the goal. It's a fantastic delivery and a fantastic header. We should obviously defend it better from stop the cross and we shouldn't be allowing free headers in a box like that. But I thought the last 15-20 we showed a reaction. We took the game to them and they were they were screaming for time, but I think it's no doubt I've looked at it back as well. It's a clear penalty and well executed. And then when it goes to penalties you're in you're in the lap of the gods, aren't you? You don't know what you're gonna get, but thankfully the boys stood up and we scored we scored one more than them. It's as simple as that. So we'll take them through. 
probably harsh on Coventry. They're a good side, fantastic players on the pitch. Um, I've always said it, we flashed in the past, but a really good manager, teams play a good style of football, and they give us some problems, but that will help us. Perhaps that's the approach for cup games in the future, is it? Maybe for, for next season as well, just whatever. And you yeah. get through. Well, we, just, well, we just we had to gamble at the end, you can see that. We, we almost went three up, we'd Mellis almost up as well. Um, you know, and we, I think we were unfortunate one or two things never bounced for us at the end. Uh, last 10 minutes or so and we just you have to keep that belief I, I kept saying to the players keep believing keep passing it keep putting the boxes balls in the box and um, and one thing about Oliver if he don't get filled he probably he probably scores because mm. it's going right on his head and I thought the big man for 60 minutes tonight was terrific I don't think he lost a head on the first half we just didn't give him the quality of service that he demands and needs and you mentioned Robertson as well you started him and he's a player point. he's a player showed a bit what he could do yeah I think he's a player he's a kid um, and a man's body I'll use that phrase um, we're pleased we got him we're not going to build him up to what he's not he's a he's a young player that's come from a great club and he has got great potential but potential never got you playing for that great club on a regular basis um, I'll speak to Lenny tomorrow and I'll, I'll give him my thoughts which is a lot of the game tonight it was very good but he has to move it a little bit quicker he has to be a little bit sharper when he does that he, he'll be very very good but he can't play for himself he can't play him there himself without it would have been nice to see him in there we The victory was overshadowed by an injury to Stuart O'Keefe, who may have suffered a broken leg. Chillingham will face Wolves or Stoke City in the next round. That's it for today, but you can also subscribe to the IM News app to access all KM Group newspapers. Just head to ilifmediasubs.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.